Hi, my name is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I'm so excited because on Monday, September 3rd, we're having our first Courageous Conversations event. Now, those who have been rocking with us for a while know that we've done Courageous Conversations in the past, but it's been via Google Hangouts where we take a scholar or pastor trained in a more conservative evangelical space and a scholar and pastor trained in a more mainline progressive space. And I'm so excited because we're moving from these Google Hangouts to an actual event that's going to be phenomenal. We have 24 scholars and pastors lined up to talk about things like sexuality, the authority of scripture, justice, Paul versus Jesus. It's going to be amazing. Some of the people that we have are Dr. Judy Finchers, Williams, Dr. Jarvis Williams, Dr. Bruce Fields, Dr. Howard John Wesley, Dr. Delman Coates, Dr. Brianna Parker, Dr. Teresa Fry Brown. I mean, it is going to be amazing. Dr. Yolanda Pierce, you don't want to miss this event. So I want you to go on Jew3Project.com and register early bird registration is only $25 and that is honestly a steal but we wanted to make it reasonable for you all so meet us in Chicago Illinois on Monday September 3rd it's going to be a phenomenal experience I don't think anything like this has ever been done so join us as we make history now let's get to the Jew 3 Project podcast Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. Thank you for watching another episode of the Jew3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew3 Project. And today I'm joined by another special guest, Rochelle Bryan. Welcome, Rochelle. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I was I met you um, through your boss, uh, and I met your uh, boss yeah. through through Bill. Bill, yes, 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 yes. Through uh, Bill, yeah. Bill introduced me to Suni. Suni introduced me to you. So <laughs> uh, here we are. For those who don't know who who you are, can I just give them a little background about you and tell tell our audience what you do? Yes. Well, currently I am a program officer at the Grace and Mercy Foundation, which is an evangelical Christian foundation in New York City, and we invest in nonprofits that are mostly faith based. Um, that help the poor and the oppressed and also help people to learn, grow, and serve. And then also in my own time, I am a leader in evangelism at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, which is in Brooklyn, New York. And um, and then if that doesn't keep me busy enough, I'm also pursuing a master's in Christian apologetics at Biola University. Yeah, you're out there with uh, Craig. Yes, Craig yeah. and the whole gang. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Craig. He's he's been very very instrumental in in opening a lot of doors for me uh, the apologetics world. So thankful for Craig Hazen. Um, me too. For um, so uh, we want to talk about something that I know is close to your heart and a uh, part of the work that Grace and Mercy Foundation is doing. Um, just show up um, for those, and I have a book right here. Uh, the facilitator's <laughs> guide that Sunny gave me in Atlanta. Um, for, for those who don't know what Just Show Up is, can you just share a little bit about it? Yeah, Just Show Up is our initiative. We have two parts of it. One is Bible gatherings and one is book gatherings. But I'll talk about the Bible gatherings. So 
Just Show Up is really an initiative that we have to help the people of God love the word of God. Now, how that all started is we we all know that Bible literacy has plummeted. It is really in decline and it continues to be so. But um, it's kind of confusing because we know our pastors want us to read the word. We want to read the, the word. The Bible says read the word. So what's the issue here? So um, you look into the Bible and you look at Old Testament times, right? You can see in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll see that Moses read the, the, the law, the book of the law to the people. And you see in the book of Nehemiah, you see that Ezra actually read the scrolls to the people. And in uh, chapter eight, verse three of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, he actually, it actually says that he read it from morning to noon, right? Because at that time, you know, most people didn't have their own personal copy of the Bible. So now, and then you look at New Testament and Paul constantly said, read my letters. He, he spoke to the church leaders and said, read my letters to the people. And in 1 Timothy 4, 13, he says, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture. So now let's contrast that with today, right? And we see in the Old Testament and New Testament, we see these public readings have become private. It's on our phone. We have our personal devotional time. And then we see these extended periods of time have been ridiculously shortened, right? We go to church on Sunday and we see one verse. If you're lucky, you get three verses, right? Now at that rate, you'll finish the Bible in about 50 years, right? <laughs> so now um, our founder, Bill Huang, he actually said, he puts it like this. I love the way he says it. He says, um, that's like constantly looking at the trailer and never seeing the entire movie. So when we look at it, we say, okay, so what, 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 what is the problem here? And the problem is that the people know they should read the Bible, but they need a strategy. So JSU is kind of a strategy. It's very simple. It's just gathering people together in a group, maybe a maximum of about 10 people. Um, and you literally, you just show up and you listen to the word together. And so we have these sessions, um, we have these schedules online and we'll talk about my, the website later. Um, we have these schedules. So say it's 45 minutes, you'll get several chapters. We'll start with praying the Psalms, one Psalm, and then you'll get several chapters of the Old Testament, several chapters of the New Testament, and then we close with praying the Psalm. And this is all in one sitting. And it's um, we listen to it through the audio drama Bible. And there's so many out there, but we happen to listen to Word of Promise, which is the New King James Version. And so we all just sit around and we listen to it and it's really beautiful and you get through the Bible that way and we follow along, you know, you can follow along in your word or just listen. And, um, and you have these consistently, you know, weekly and over a meal, just like you would get together with your friends over a meal. You know, we, we would have a meal and just listen to the word and we're getting physical and spiritual food. And so that's basically what it is. And so we have these clubs literally all over the world that we're mm -hmm. promoting. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful. Uh, one of the things that when um, I first heard Bill talk about this, uh, the I was thinking that's so powerful because everybody doesn't isn't doesn't learn just by reading. A lot of people learn are auditory learners, and so they could read something on a page and it not stick. But when they hear it, um, it sticks with them. So you're really touching how different people learn, whether they learn by reading or they learn by hearing. Um, and then, you know, 
by people being gathered, they could talk about it. So some people learn by discussing what's what's um what's what they heard. So you're really helping people at different levels learn. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the beauty of it. It's accessible. And the thing is, um, we you know we support organizations with um, funding, and so we have a large portion of our funding that goes to the poor and the oppressed. So these organizations have people who are formerly incarcerated, they have the homeless, or just generally people who have never learned how to read. So what about them? And then some people have ministry to blind people. You know, there's and then like you said, there's very successful people who are auditory learners. And so, um, so yeah, so this is accessible for everyone, you know, and, um, and I know I enjoy doing both. I enjoy reading and, you know, listening. And I read the Bible quite a bit myself, but there's something different that comes out sometimes when I actually hear the word. And I'm just like, wow, when I read it, I didn't hear that the last time, you know? So it's really, it's really a great experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another thing I like about how just show up, um, kind of came if you, you know Bill's story him being very successful in business and reading it and this being an initiative not just for I know one segment of Grace and Mercy Foundation is for uh the, those on the margins but you also have those for the affluent too as well and this is a ministry to those who are affluent where they're reading the listening to the scripture um in in the in the office or you know somewhere in a Fortune 500 company, um, listening to the scripture with people who may be kind of disconnected from church because of their success, but creating a space um, for them to get the word as well. No, absolutely, um, and that's a great point. You know, and that was one of the things I loved when I was considering working here. I couldn't believe that every Friday morning, Bill Huang, um, who's a successful uh, business person you know, hosted a Bible, you know, gathering for a bunch of other business leaders. That was incredible to me. And so now we have clubs in different business spaces, you know, companies like Goldman Sachs, you know, and Citibank, et cetera, you know, they have these Bible listening groups um, and we still gather to this day, Friday mornings, and then Wednesday, it's extended to Wednesday afternoon in our offices. And, um, and there are people who are not evangelical Christian, don't go to church, you know, and um, and they gather and they listen. And um, and like you said, there's some certain groups that I've been to where they have discussion. And so people can really ask questions. You know, I've seen Jewish people attend, you know, business people and they ask questions afterwards. And it's just it's just a really great thing. Accessible mm-hmm. to every every tranche of society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's that's very helpful because uh, listening for some people is, is a non-confrontational way. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when you're doing evangelism and apologetics and engaging people, people have their walls up. But yeah. if everybody's listening to the same thing, uh, you know, it kind of sometimes it is able to penetrate a little bit better. No, absolutely. Even, you know, if I speak to people or if, or if I have to speak about it, you know, I'm constantly asking the Lord, like, please get me out of the way, you know. And so listening to scripture gets man out of the way. And you just hear the word of God, you know. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a really great point. Yeah, and the the way y'all use the, um, you don't just have, you're not hearing just. Sometimes when you listen on the Bible app, it's just somebody talking like the clear eyes guy, and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't I can't take this. But oh yeah, you know, 
<laughs> the one with the, I know Sunni was talking to me about one, um, the Bible experience uh, with the different actors. Yes, yes. Different voices. And so that that definitely helps. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's great that you have a choice. We don't have enough choices, but um, but yeah, we, we you do have a choice in the ones that you choose. I mean, some have no music at all and some have really beautiful music in the background and um, really famous actors. Like Word of Promise has Jim Caviezel who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, uh, that big movie that came out years ago. I think it was Mel Gibson who was behind it. So um, some of them, and I think Bible Experience has like, James Earl, uh, um, James Earl Jones, James Earl, James Earl Jones. I think James it had Earl Bassett. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so yeah. You get to choose. That's really good. Yeah, I, I really love that. I think that helps people enjoy, it, especially if you're probably going through the genealogies and you, oh, yeah. you have a good, if you have a good voice reading, it helps pass the time. No, absolutely. <laughs> instead of skipping it. Um, and it just, it helps because you miss so much. Like when you're, I know me, especially younger in my Christian faith, when I saw, if I was reading through a book, if I saw genealogy, I would just skip it and go to the story. So it's like forcing you to re really listen to all of it and not just, if you get frustrated with the space, skip it. And you're held accountable by the other people there. Oh yeah. Accountability is big, but, um, that's another actually really great benefit is the pacing. So when you read, you can really go through it really quickly and not even remember what you what you read. You know what I mean? And then like five chapter, you know, five uh, paragraphs down, you start to kind of check in. And um, with the uh, with the listening of the audio drama Bible, they actually pace it, you know, because it's kind of like dramatized and it's like in real time. And so, um, so you go through it a little bit slower, but you're hearing everything, you know, and, and so that's, um, that's actually another benefit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are some of the uh, testimonials you've heard from just the Just Show Up um, curriculum? Yeah, well, for sure, people are getting through the Bible because um, when we put together a schedule, the schedule has the entire Bible. And so um, it takes the word for the word of promise. It actually takes 90 hours to complete the entire Bible, something that most people don't know. And they think, oh, it takes it to eternity. So this is actually kind of like a bound thing. And so um, so people are getting through much more of it than they would on their own, especially if you're faithful in showing up, you know, every week. So that's that's a plus. And then just listening to it, especially if you start your day that way. I know a lot of people say it's just an amazing way to start the day. And, um, and I know for me personally, it was a wake up call. I honestly, I didn't, I didn't get the concept at first because I was just like, I read my Bible, you know, but of course I'm in seminary, you know? And then when I really thought about it, I was just like, wow, I don't read the Bible as much as I thought I did, you know? And, um, and then listening to it in community was very different from the experience on my own. And I still treasure that experience on my own, obviously, but listening in community and then afterwards, you know, just commenting on what was read and, um, and hearing other people's perspective, that was really something great that I wouldn't get on my own, you know? And, um, and then um, what else do people say? Um, and, um, and I guess, yeah, the accountability is a great thing, you know? So, um, so they know if, especially if you have a buddy, 
that you go with and they go, you know, I like I wouldn't show up. I know someone said I wouldn't show up if it wasn't for the fact that I have to pick up my friend and come to the Bible listening. So, um, you know, and so that's a really good thing. Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm, it, ta- it probably takes discussion to another level because you're listening throughout the whole book. I know, you know, there has their small groups. And so when you're hearing when you're reading the scripture together, you're usually reading a, like a snippet. And then you're commenting, um, but it's not all necessarily tied together. So by you reading through from Genesis to Revelation, it's all kind of connected. So you could see where you're in Matthew, how things um, relate to the Old Testament and things, you know, the light bulb starts going off. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The context, the context is everything. And before we start um, a session, you know, we we usually give we well not usually we always given a, a short sixty seconds or less introduction to the New Testament book the Old Testament book we're covering and the New Testament book we're covering, and so that introduction is key. And then um, and then listening to several chapters, you get the whole context as opposed to when you do one verse at a time or when you do you know one chapter at a time. You know, so yeah, this is perfect for context. Yeah. And then y'all also incorporate the Bible project. So you get that. Um, we had. Um, Tim yeah. On, uh, Tim that was great. On, yeah. On the podcast. And so their videos are amazing. Excellent resources. So you're incorporating that into it, um, which helps set the tone and give the background and the history in, the, in like six or seven minutes. And then listening just adds another layer to it. Yes, Bible Project is um, an important and and just beloved partner of ours. Um, you know, we love their introduction videos, and then we actually had a public reading of scripture video commissioned. So I encourage readers, I mean listeners, watchers, <laughs> to go and check that out. The um, public reading of scripture video at, at the Bible Project. So they really get the concept. It was really done well. It's only a couple of minutes. I think three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So. Um, by you, you know, you have a passion for apologetics yourself um, that we've we've talked about um, prior to this conversation. And we talked about the differences and just the people. I'm in the deep south in Florida and you're up north in New York. What are some of the apolo- uh, the challenges that um, apologetic challenges you face? up north for those who are listening in the NYC and how do you how do you engage people um, when you're talking about faith and and God and you know beliefs yeah uh, in New York City definitely a hot button topic is gender and that should not be a surprise to anyone you know we have a very vibrant LGBTQ community in New York City and New York City is generally liberal Um, and so um, so that's that's a big issue we deal with. And then, um, and then just the fact that we are a multicultural pluralistic society, and that's definitely demonstrated on the streets of New York City. So, um, so we have everything here. So in, with my team at Brooklyn Tabernacle, we hit the streets every, uh, every other Saturday morning. We have to be prepared to meet anyone. We can meet a Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, and someone who claims all three, you know? Um, but we mostly, a, a lot of times we meet a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. The um, headquarters is in Brooklyn. So we're going to meet a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. 
and a lot of Muslims. We have a big, you know, Muslim um, population in New York City, and um, and then everything in between: New Age tarot card readers. You know, um, we get them all, and so um, so it was my burden. I mean, it was just my conviction that we needed an apologetics ministry at the church, and I think I think at every church, honestly, there needs to be someone who who does apologetics, especially in urban centers like New York City, because there's just no such thing as witnessing out here without apologetics. It just doesn't happen, you know? And then, um, and as I've been on the streets over a decade now, I've seen much more, many more young people who don't believe in God at all. And that's been really disappointing. And then a lot of people who don't believe the Bible, that's pretty popular. And then we have a lot of, um, affluent people who feel like I have money, I have a brownstone, you know, I, I don't need God, you know? So you have everything, everything, a whole spectrum here in New York city. Um, I know one thing we haven't touched on much is of Jehovah witnesses. And you just mentioned that there's a lot in New York. Um, how do you, um, engage, engage them? Yeah. Um, with Jehovah witnesses, it's important to know about their religion because they know a lot about their own religion and they actually um, they actually take classes and they get schooled on defending their own faith. So um, I know it sounds strange, but I think that they could teach us lessons about learning to defend your own faith. So um, so they so, you, you know, your average, your average 99 cent, you know, Jehovah's Witness will be able to, like, talk you under the table. So I think some of the important things, the main important thing is you have to understand your Trinity because they deny the Trinity. And obviously that's the core of our beliefs. And then um, you have to understand that um, their translation of the Bible is actually slightly different. So you could read much of it together and you won't catch the slight differences. The famous one is, um, I think, John 1.1, where it says in the beginning was God and they, they put was a God. And things like that, and it's it's key key verses that would um, that would um, be um, that would be proof or, or evidence for the deity of Christ. They slightly change it, and then when you look when you look in in the history of it, you'll see that the people who actually translated what their new New Living Translation um, actually didn't, weren't even Greek scholars, and so. Um, so if you really get advanced and you really get into a good conversation with a Jehovah's Witness, which I like to do, I actually like to invite them over. <laughs> um, I will pull out the Greek concordance and say, let's not argue over the English. Let's go back to the Greek, you know. Um, and so you and then you have to you have to be clear on where Jesus said he was God. Or, or I'm sorry, where Jesus claimed to be God, all the places that he claimed to be God. That ha- you have to know that, and you have to be able to defend it, and know w- how it differs from their their Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's helpful. Um, when you're talking about like ministering to the affluent um, in New York, uh, that's a big thing, especially uh, when it when you think about like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, and um, you know they seem to have it all: money, success. Um, and that everything that people want, um, does that, have you seen, have you, have you seen like people that are affluent just wrestling with the same, same things that once they see people like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain 
um, you know, take their life. And I know that's not, while it is shocking because they're more known, it is not out of the ordinary for a person that's affluent that's less known to take their life. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because when I think about Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, you know, I never want people to think that I feel bad because they're celebrities. It just is kind of a reminder that there's a million people who are going through that, um, but that we don't know about, you know, or we know about through the numbers. But um, but in terms of do I find people wrestling, I would say 100 percent of them are wrestling. The question is, how do you get into a conversation about that wrestling? Because, I mean, you look at the yoga studios and all these different places, they're filled with people who are trying to have spiritual experiences. Not to say everybody goes to yoga for that, but you get what I'm saying. You know, filled with people just trying to, you know, trying to deal with this sin guilt that they don't know is sin guilt. Right. And so with us, um, part of what we do, um, I offer apologetics training for um, for evangelism, but we also do uh, tactics and strategies and um, and conversation openers. So these things are really important because we're literally on the street talking to people about the thing that they say don't talk about. They say don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. And we're just like, hey, you know, and sometimes we do open with a question about politics, you know, um, or we might ask a question like, what's the most important thing to you? You know, things like that. And one thing we do that I love, actually drew it up for you. So we have a, a chalkboard that we put up right on the street and we got it from rzim so it looks like this can you read it yes it's just got yes no maybe yes exactly and so people will literally just walk up and mark one of them and we find it's more of the affluent that do that and they come and they'll mark it and they'll mark no or they'll mark maybe but even if they mark yes the point is we engage them in conversation and say well why do you think so and that will go straight that's like an express like lane into apologetics um, conversations. Um, but the thing is the most important thing with this group, they're educated. And so you have to be equipped. And so with my group, it's not acceptable that you're not into apologetics. You're not into science. You're not into, then you're just not into evangelism then because you have to know these things. And I've had conversations on a playground with, you know, a clearly affluent person and, you know, and um, we're talking about high science, but then I bring the conversation down to, well, what about your child, you know, and bring it really personal. And we start to get into some real conversation. So it really is about strategy and tactics, but, um, and prayer, obviously, biggest thing is prayer, but undergirded with some knowledge, you really just have to know some stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's very critical, especially when you're dealing with affluent and educated um I know this from my time in DC, just hanging around young professionals, black young professionals, especially education for affluent educated is king. So they're always like, well, why do you believe that? Who do you have that's educated that can back what that up that you're saying? So you can't just like throw out something like a YouTube video. You have to actually know the scholarship behind it because for them, it's like I'm educated. I'm getting, my, I'm pulling my sources from PhDs. So, uh, where are your sources coming from? You know, so you have to, you know, that credibility is is crucial for and them. And that's that's the word. It's credibility. It absolutely is because you have to kind of earn the audience. But I always encourage to try and get it to the human level 
as soon as possible because some people just won't listen to you until they know you have the academics, you have the knowledge, you have the skill, et cetera. But at the end of the day, we're human to human. We have real heart issues that we're dealing with. And, um, and that's where the real connection starts. So as soon as I can get to that, the quicker, the better, you know, because I don't want to just be exchanging facts. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to get you, you know, there. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 really a balancing act because it's like you have to present the credibility at first and then they want once they feel like you're credible, then you can get to that human connection like you're like you're singing. Um, and that's one of the reasons like I'm really big with G3 on promoting black scholars. Because I know it's a, a lot of information out there, but sometimes when you're dealing with, especially the affluent and the the black uh, young professional uh, middle class, they want to know that you have people that are credible as far as, <laughs> you know, PhDs and all of that. And so you'll miss them if you're just engaging them with like random stuff that you saw on YouTube that might be true, but it's just not necessarily it doesn't show them the credibility um, factor. So that's, that's important. And it seems like that's the same thing in New York city with some, with some people that are affluent as well. No, absolutely. And and I'm glad you mentioned the YouTube. Like, I think people need to realize we're, we're, um, we're fighting against the soundbite nation. You know, everybody hears one liner and they're just like, you know, they believe that. And that's, that's the reason why they don't believe. And then they just live off of that one sound bite the rest of their life. So. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, definitely important. Um, well, tell our audience how they can get, um, just show up in a website and what other pertinent information that you want to share about, um, about the initiative. Right. So with the Just Show Up gatherings, you know, we would love for people to create their own gatherings. And we find that if you already have a small group that's happening, that's the ideal place. You know, it's hard to pull people together, especially in a busy city like New York City um, or anywhere. Everybody's so busy nowadays. It's great if you have a group that's already meeting and um, and you just kind of have a person or you rotate a facilitator. And um, really the ingredients is just a group of people who really just want to listen to the Bible together and want to have community every week or every day, whatever you want to do. And then um, a good audio drama Bible app is, is good to have. Now, um, Word of Promise is the one that we use, and that's pretty good. Now, if people are interested in starting their own, their own uh, Bible gathering, then we would love to provide that app free of charge. It's actually a $40 value um, if you just try to buy it yourself. So if they're interested, they can go to our website, which is justshowup.club. And that's J-U-S-T-S-H-O-W-U-P dot club, C-L-U-B. And, um, and you can contact us for more information and say that you came through Drew 3 Project. And, um, and we would love to support you. And, um, and then you should have Bibles, uh, New King James Version, which is the word of promise. But if you use another version they might use NIV um, and then it helps to have snacks food you know people like to gather around food so um, so yeah the main ingredients is that it's consistent every week every two weeks and that um, it's communal so it's a group of people at least two or three people and that um, and that it's extended you know readings so we have we have reading plans on the website and you can get that um, we have facilitators guide with the um, 
the introduction to the books, all of those things we can get you if you're interested in starting your own gathering. And, um, you know, um, just contact us and we're, we're so willing to help. This is our passion. That's awesome. And I think this is so crucial to apologetics. When I think of like friends I have, I always say to them, hey, I can't defend you if I don't know certain stuff about you. So if you're hiding stuff from me, I can't defend you. And it's the same with scripture. I see a lot of people um, who are, um, who don't know, they have signed up for Christianity, but have not read the terms and conditions. It's just like everybody else. When you get a new update on your iPhone, everybody clicks. Yes, I agree. I have not read any of the terms and conditions I've, <laughs> I've signed up for, especially when it comes to my iPhone, but I just hit agree. And so somebody could say, you know, you just signed up for something. I'm like, no, no, I didn't. And it's like, no, you did. And I think that's with scripture. I hear people all the time taking verses, especially in the Old Testament, especially in Leviticus, and they have no ideas in the Bible. And, and somebody will be like, well, what do you think about this? What God is such a terrible person, a terrible uh, uh, deity. Uh, why would you serve? And then they'll point to an Old Testament passage that somebody hasn't read, and then they can't defend it because they've never read it. And so I think knowing scripture is so important if you're going to be an apologist, if you're going to defend the faith, because you're going to be caught off guard by passages that you don't know um, that seem problematic and that you have to wrestle with to know the context in order to defend it. So I think just show up. It's crucial if you're going to be an apologist um, because you need to know scripture. So you can. You are preaching a good word, Pastor Lisa. Let me tell you, it's like, and I mean, I, and that's what I love JSU for, for two main reasons. Number one is you get to know your own word, you know? And like you said, there's certain passages, especially with the Old Testament, you know, you might feel uncomfortable about, if you never read it, you wouldn't know it's there until someone comes and is like challenging you on it, you know? But if you hear it and then you say, oh, I'm going to go and research this, or you hear the entire story, then, um, then you're in a better place to defend the word. But even more importantly, too, I, um, I think the second reason why I love it, especially for me myself, I feel privileged that I'm involved in justification in terms of um, preaching the gospel, but then sanctification in terms of getting people into the word. And I think with us evangelists, we treat getting saved as the finish line when it's really just the beginning. And so we, we can know our word and preach the gospel to people. But then at some point we could say, okay, you know, you, you've met Christ now start the relationship. And that relationship is getting into his word. And here's a strategy, you know, to get with a group of people that's accountability for the new Christian and then getting into the word. And that's starting that relationship and that fellowship with God and his people. And so, um, so it's a beautiful thing. It, you know, carries through the whole spectrum. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, tell Suni and Bill I said hi. Sure I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to have you on and I'm I'm hoping that people that hear this uh, will check out Just Show Up and just get into the word because I believe that biblical literacy is so, so very crucial for our for our Christians today. Um, it's been crucial, but I think, you know, now than ever before, people need to know what they believe and why they believe it. And a big part of that is just reading scripture. And thank you. I mean, thank you for your heart for this. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for your ministry. I think your ministry is crucial and I'm just grateful for what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember, we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching G3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.